0: cool thanks for your love and support in advance simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website and it'll take you where you need to go now on to the show episode number 34 the prolific writer manifesto welcome to the prolific writer podcast where speed's the name of the game Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, everyone. This is your prolific writer podcast host, Ryan J. Pelton, and I am so glad that you are here. This is episode number 34. And we are going to talk about the Prolific Writer Manifesto, and I will get to that in just a moment. And I first wanted to say, sorry for not posting an episode last week. Uh, My family and I were on vacation, and it was time to rest and play and enjoy each other and take some time off. And instead of posting an episode, which I could have done, I decided, you know what? I'm going to take a couple weeks off. So I hope that was okay, and I know you missed me, and a lot has been going on actually since uh, my last interview uh, that was posted, and if you didn't get a chance to check out episode number 33, Dean Wesley Smith, USA Today, uh, New York Times bestseller, one of the most prolific writers on the planet, literally has written hundreds of short stories, hundreds of novels. That episode is jam-packed with Prolific writer goodness. So go check that out if you haven't had a chance. And check out episode 32 as well. Jim Johnson, uh, one of my new friends, some great advice there as well. And while you're at it, just go and check out all the episodes. If you are new with us, there's so much good writerly advice and wisdom and awesomeness. You got to go check out past episodes. And with that, I'm, I'm really excited. And it's not ready yet. I wish it was ready. I was hoping it would be ready for this episode, but it's not going to be. Uh, I am redesigning, uh, our website and I have to admit that the website that the prolific writer podcast, so the ProlificWriter.net where the podcast is hosted is a little bit janky. Let's just be honest. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it, it has been usable. It's been serviceable. Uh, but I, I want to take this podcast to the next level, and I want it to be a helpful website, a resourced website. I want it to have some of the best content around. Uh, I want it to be easy for people to find information, uh, to find the episodes, to find other resources that will be there on the site, and so I'm, I'm working really hard with uh, a developer to really get that that website looking sharp and helpful and useful, and some other cool stuff coming down the pipe uh, as well, which I will share with you not this episode, but probably next episode. Have a ton of interviews in the queue, in the pipe. I have. I am so excited. In a few weeks, you're going to hear, and I I, I can't give you an exact date because I don't, I don't want to be ready, but we're having the, none other than Joanna Penn, New York Times bestseller, prolific writer, nonfiction fiction, Joanna Penn from the UK will be on the show. So really excited about that. Uh, we have another fantastic, prolific uh, writer coming on uh, the the show. Actually, two that I, I'm I'm gonna save uh, the, the names for now. But but you're going to meet them. And and what I love about this show is that so many of these writers you've never heard of, and yet they've written ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred books, even in the last ten years um, or less. Um, some even in the last few years. And so so the prolific writer. Mindset, the prolific writer philosophy is possible. And we have dozens and dozens of people that are doing it every day around the world. And I'm so thankful to have these folks come on the show and share their wisdom and advice with us so that we can continue to become and grow as prolific writers. So what I wanted to do today was a couple things. One, I wanted to, I don't do this often because I I don't know. I I know people do this on, on their shows, but, um, it's, I don't know if it's a shameless thing or, uh, it's maybe just feels weird to me, but I know people do this. And and I want to, I wanted to share something with you that that I think is kind of cool. And, um, if I can find this real quick, I should have been more prepared, but, um, people have been finding the show, enjoying the show, sending me great emails, notes through social media, um, through the places that they, um, listen to the show, sending me notes and, um, and, and just, I've just really enjoyed, uh, the conversation hearing about where people are from and, um, and, and just where their struggles are as writers, where they're growing and how this podcast has been, been useful um, for them and, and how it's been impactful for them. And, and so um, people have, have sent some nice reviews and uh, I wanted to share one of those uh, reviews and actually you'll be able to uh, see it on the, on the website as well. Um, but it's just a, a really nice, encouraging thing. Cause sometimes you wonder, you know, are we, or what are we doing? Why, why do we do what we do? You know, is it worth the time? Is it worth the effort? Is it worth the the late nights and the hours and and all those kinds of things? And um, and you know, I, I I think when we think about that, um, and and we look at our lives, you know, we need that encouragement. And 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 I know the show's not perfect, and I know there's not. And many of you give me feedback, and I've, I sent out a survey to some some folks, and they were kind enough to to kind of respond. And so. Um, but we're trying to make this show the best that it can be and, and to be useful and helpful and and really meet people where they're at, where their struggles are, where their challenges are. And all of our struggles and challenges are different as writers. And and so, um, so hopefully that will, will, will be, um, be helpful, but, but this man, Eldrick Black, he just said a really nice thing. He said, he's been listening to a lot of podcasts over the years. And he said, this is one of the better ones that he's listened to and, and worth a listen. And I just read that the other day and I just was really just encouraged by that. And, and I, and I work hard. I, I try not to wing it. I, I try to do my research. I try to get to know the authors. You know, I, I try to practice what I preach and um, continue my own prolific writing career. And, and so I'm just really thankful for that, um, for that encouragement. And, um, and, and it's just really nice to know that, that people are listening and finding the show and they are. And uh, I was just looking at stats the other day from our, our servers. And it's amazing. People are listening literally around the world that 25% of our listening audience are outside the US. And so that's really encouraging and really exciting. So, so thank you for for all the downloads. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for um, tagging me in social media, sending me emails, sending me texts. It's just really, really great to do this. And I really do enjoy it. And, And so it doesn't ever really feel like work. So, so thank you for that. So Enough about the show, and let's get to the meat of the show. So, I want to talk today for a few minutes about what I'm calling the prolific writer manifesto. Some have use manifestos written manifestos and and really a manifesto is kind of a way of life it's it's kind of a a philosophy if you will it's it's a mantra it it can be defined in different ways and it's it's kind of laying down the foundational values of what in this case the prolific writer is all about and so as i've kind of reflected on the last bunch of years of my own writing, as I've interviewed dozens and dozens of prolific writers, as I've continued to learn the craft, study the craft and, and learn from other people, I, I've kind of boiled down what I'm going to call the, the pro- prolific writer manifesto. And, and there's 10 things on my list that, that I think are essential. When you think about becoming a prolific writer, when you think about what's it going to take to continue to write, books, finish books, publish books and repeat, what's it going to take? And and these are some things that I want to, I want to share with you. I'm just calling it the, the prolific writer manifesto that I think are really helpful. Um, and they are actionable. And and for some of us, it's going to, it's going to require a mind shift. It's going to require, maybe you're doing some things, uh, you have certain patterns, certain practices, but maybe you need to shift in a different, different direction. And so I want to, I want to share these with you real briefly here. Uh, and, and hopefully these will be encouraging to you. Hopefully these will be something you can think about and reflect on, because I think these are some of not all, but some of the keys to becoming a, a prolific writer. So number one, I'm going to talk and I'm going to act like a writer. I'm going to talk and I'm going to act like a writer. Okay. Well, what does that, that mean? Well, it's a mindset thing writing is a very strange art form and it's, it's strange because it seems like writers have so much insecurity that when someone asks, what do you do or why are you working on that book? We get very squeamish. We get very awkward and it's hard to even say I'm a writer because the first thing people ask, well, what have you written? And maybe we have something written, written, maybe we don't. Um, or maybe we're embarrassed by what we've written or, or whatever, it may be. But Stephen Pressfield says the difference between a amateur and a pro is an amateur doesn't write and a pro writes. He says it's not based on publishing deals. It's not based on New York Times bestseller lists. It's not based on how many books you've produced. But the difference between a pro and an amateur is a pro writes and a pro acts like a, a writer. And so what I mean is that there's a mind shift that has to happen where we begin to say, I'm a writer. It's what I do. And we begin to act, not just say we're writers, but we begin to act and we begin to implement practices in our lives where we actually begin to write. Whether you're getting paid or not, many of us that listen on the show aren't getting paid a nickel. We're just starting out. There's no money coming in. Maybe there's hopes of becoming a full-time writer. Maybe there's not, maybe it's just a side gig or hustle or hobby or just a creative expression that's important to you. Maybe you just have a blog and you write tons of articles or whatever, whatever route you're in or or whatever space you're in. But the difference between a pro and amateur is someone who says, I'm a writer and I write and I act like a writer and I practice like a writer. And so a lot of these 10 things are going to flow from this, this first one I'm, I'm realizing is, is we, we have to begin to think like writers and act like writers. And, and I'm, I'm, I get frustrated because I meet people almost every day and I get notes all the time is they listen to a lot of podcasts, which you should listen to mine. At least if you have any podcasts, you should listen to at least, at least listen to mine. They take courses, they read books, they talk about writing, but they don't actually write it's subtle but it's important that we tell ourselves i am a writer and i am going to write so number 2 i'm going to schedule my writing now some of these just sound so obvious and 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 many of them are very obvious but the practice the implementation is is the key here is we schedule everything in our lives right we we schedule our dates with our wives our dates with our special someone's we we schedule our dentist appointments appointments with clients we schedule time with friends with neighbors but why don't we schedule our writing see the the difference between a a pro and an amateur is the pro writes and the amateur just talks about writing you got to put it on a calendar and maybe you're not that organizer, you know, I'm a, I'm a creative, I'm an artist. We don't, we don't have calendars, Ryan. We, we don't use pencils and pens. We don't have computers. We, we, we don't, and I'm just being facetious, but, but you get my drift, right? Why don't we schedule our writing? If you want to be a pro and you want to be prolific and you want to write and you want to finish and you want to publish, you have to have a scheduled appointment with the writing chair with your laptop, with your pen, with your paper, however you, you write is you're going to tell yourself, I'm going to schedule my writing. So, so even if you're listening to this right now, when are you going to write? You may be listening to this in the morning. You're working out at the gym. Are you going to write tonight? Are you going to write over lunch? Are you going to write in the car? Are you going to write the 30 minutes during kids' baseball? When are you going to write? When are you going to schedule that? When are you going to put it on the schedule and not let anyone touch that appointment, that date with your writing? So I'm going to schedule my writing. That's how we become a prolific writer. Number three, I'm going to find a tribe. I'm going to find a tribe. See, the biggest lie... And I think what's what's keeping many of you back from being a prolific writer and from producing lots of work, consistent work, is you don't have a tribe. You're trying to do it alone. Well, people say, "Well, I'm a writer, and it's it's an isolating thing, and it's we do it by ourselves in our offices and at our desks, and and we don't invite other people." And now, when you're actually writing, of course, you're, it's usually not a tag team event. It's usually not. Um, a collaborative thing. But you need a tribe. You need a community of people of like-minded people that you can join up with, that you can help that you can encourage and be encouraged by that you can learn from that you can take your work and say, Hey, can you look at this? Can you check this out? What do you think about this? You need a tribe of people to keep on going. You need support relationships from other people that maybe it's a a friend, family, spouse, uh, a loved one um, that, that can encourage you. You need a, a group of people that you can go to, that you can talk to. You don't need to be in isolation. Go find a meetup group, go find a Facebook group, go find someone in your city where where you can connect up, where you can talk about writing, where you can learn from each other, where you can encourage each other. You can hold people accountable. I I have people in my life that constantly, Hey, how's the writing going? Hey, you finished that one project that you're talking about. And I do the same with them. Hey, what are you learning? Oh, Hey, I'm really stuck on this. Hey, what's going on here? You need a tribe of people. You need a community and it will take you further and farther than you can ever imagine the community of people I've met just by doing this podcast is astounding. Some of the most beautiful, encouraging, helpful people that I've ever met, I can email anytime and say, Hey, I'm stuck. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, and and, and they check in with each other and they help each other. And these, these writing groups and people in my city, in my life, friends, family that, that are so encouraging saying, Hey, how's that going? How's it working for you? So you need a tribe of people. Number three, number four, I'm going to fight perfection and resistance. And a lot of times, the perfection is the resistance. But, but I'm going to fight perfection. I, I hear this all the time, and I see it all the time in my own life. That book, that article, that novel, that story, that nonfiction book, whatever it is, it's got to be perfect. And of course, you want it to be good. You want it to be the best that it can. But but this idea of perfection. Now, again, this may seem so obvious, but I I know what's happening is again. I just was talking to someone this week, coaching someone that was struggling, and it's just this thing of perfection. I, I just can't. I I don't know. I you know the story's going this way and that way. I, I I I don't know what's going on. I know I'm gonna. I need to finish it. I know I need to finish it. But they just keep polishing it and keep editing it and keep talking about keep changing it and they never finish the story they never finish the book you have to fight those perfectionist tendencies because here i want to let you in on a secret there's no such thing as a perfect book and if anyone's going to write a perfect book it's not going to be you and it's not going to be me because they don't exist. Go read your favorite author. Go read the best-selling authors of today and I can guarantee you you will find things in those books that are horrendous. There's going to be chapters, there's going to be words, there's going to be sentences, there's going to be plot points, there's going to be non-fiction books that just Certain chapters, certain ideas that just don't work. There's no such thing as a perfect book. You're going to find spelling errors even in best selling published books. I just read a book the other day, a best selling author. Are you ready for this? On the first page of the first chapter, a spelling error. And I loved it. And I laughed. There's no such thing as a perfect book. In every story that you write, you're going to get a little bit better. And you're going to grow and there's going to be this resistance and there's going to be fear with every single story, every single book that you start, every article that you write, but you have to fight the perfectionism. You have to get it out in the world and then you have to move on. You have to ship it, move on and get to the next thing. So I'm going to fight perfection and resistance. Five, I'm going to finish what I start. I'm going to finish what I start. Here's a question. Why even start if you never have any intentions of finishing? Right. And I know we never say that in the beginning, right? Well, I'm going to start this thing, but I know I'm not going to finish it, but how many books, how many manuscripts, how many ideas, how many blog articles, how many novels do we have sitting on our hard drive that we've never finished? We, we started guns a blazing and just never finished. There's something about finishing that breaks you open that teaches you how to do it again and again. And you may not even share that book. You may not even share it with the world. And sometimes the best thing you can do is not, but there's something about finishing about seven years ago. My, my first thing that I ever finished as far as novel writing, this wasn't my, I had written nonfiction before that, but, but, but I wanted to write a novel and I, I, I did the Nano NaNoWriMo national novel writing month and with all its flaws, not NaNoWriMo is not perfect, but but with all its flaws, it teaches you how to finish something, to go from zero words to 50,000 words or more and to finish. But that wasn't enough for me. I, I wanted to actually edit the book, polish the book, send it to an editor and see it out in the world as well. And that just broke open something as far as fiction goes. Now I'd already done some nonfiction, but that first one, that, that first thing is you got to finish what you start. And this goes back to the perfection thing. A lot of why we don't finish is because there's so much fear of this is going to be horrible. People are going to laugh at me. I spent all this time and they're going to think I'm a hack and and all this kind of garbage. You got to finish what you start. Number five, number six, I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep learning. One of the best ways Stephen King said it this way. If you want to write, you got to read a lot. Writers. Our readers, and, and it really saddens me that I, I meet so many writers that don't read at all. And I understand you're busy, you're trying to write, you got families, you got responsibilities, but you have to continually read. Reading is hands down the best way to learn how to write. There is no other way. There is other ways. I'll get to those. But 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 the best way is to is to read a lot. And not just be critical, but to enjoy reading novels, reading nonfiction, whatever it is. To see way sentences are put together, to see the, the, the choices that authors make and the way they structure their books and, and the cadence they use and the style they use and the grammar and, and all that, you're absorbing that. You're absorbing stories, how to tell stories, how to, how to organize a book. You have to read a lot and, and you'll just begin to absorb how it works, how it functions because I, we have these hangups like I can't write a book, I can't do this, but you've been reading books and reading stories your whole life. I know you can. So the prolific writer has to continue to learn. So reading's one of the one of the best ways. There's also a ton of craft books. I don't mean making crafts, little dingly things or little crochet or needlepoint or did I say dingly, I don't even know what that means, but craft books, writing craft books, there's a ton. I just heard a recommendation of uh, Robert McKee's a dialogue book. It's a, a book on dialogue. I, I've read books on on plot structure, outlining what makes for a best selling book. I'm I'm looking at some of my books right now. How to write compelling characters. Right. There, there's all kinds. Stephen King's on writing. One of the best books available on writing. Read memoirs, read autobiographies, biographies about writing, about authors. Keep learning, take courses. There, there's so many fantastic courses out there on all kinds of topics related to writing and marketing and publishing and formatting and all those kinds of things. Keep on learning. Writers that stop learning, they stop writing and they stop writing, getting better and they stop growing. And every book that you write, is also an opportunity to learn. i was just talking with a friend of mine and it was, it was funny as we're talking about these books we finished. It's like each book we kind of worked on a different thing. Hey, you know, i I really was kind of working on dialogue in this one or plot in this one or, you know, whatever it is because every book is stronger in some ways or another and you're always learning. And so writing itself is one of the best ways to learn and one of the best ways to practice. Talk to other people, get a mentor, get a coach. Can just talk about it and talk about your struggles and and ask advice. There's so many resources. There's no reason we can't keep on learning. So, the prolific writer needs to keep on, keep on learning, keep on learning. That's number six. Number seven. I'm going to share my work. You could say I'm going to ship my work. I'm going to share my work. That ship, not the other word, but ship my work. Share my work. I'm going to publish my work. The difference between an amateur and a pro is the amateur doesn't write, an amateur doesn't publish. A pro writes, polishes, publishes, and repeats. We got to publish our work. We got to share our work. And th- there's two ways that I want you to think about this. One is I, I want you to share the your work with the world because you have an important story to tell. There could be an article that's going to help someone build a website it could be a novel that's going to comfort someone as they're sick in the hospital. I had one of the, the great encouragements was someone said, Hey, I read one of your, your novels and I was um, sick in the hospital. A oh, different story that actually happened, but I was, my wife was having a, a, a child, a baby in, in the hospital. And I, I read your book and it was just, just a great, fun, entertaining book for long days in the hospital. If you ever had a child and you just sit around the hospital all day long, it's, it's kind of horrible actually. So so maybe that book did that. And you know, uh, another book, Hey, this really helped out my church. This helped some leadership stuff, whatever it is, the, the story that you have, this thing that you know how to do this, this way you can coach someone, teach someone, you have knowledge, experiences, you're an expert in something. You need to get it out in the world because somebody needs that in their lives. So there, there's, that's one way to think about this. There's also just another way of we want to share our work, and in, in other words, we want to show our work to other people. and Say, hey, can you look at this? Can you take a take a glance at it? Can you can you read it for me? Maybe be my first reader. Can you give me some input? Can you give me some feedback? I do that all the time. And there's something that breaks out in us when we can just say, hey, I know it's not perfect, but but can you look at it? Can you give me some some insight? Maybe uh, maybe help me see another angle on it. You need to ship your work. You need to share your work. You need to publish your work because the world needs your work. They need your story. They need your help. They need your expertise. They need your ideas, whatever that is. And books are hands down one of the best ways to share ideas. One of the best ways that are going to last way longer than our own lives are books. Because it's, they're, they're ideas that are frozen in time and, and it's not a conversation. It's not on the website, but it's, it's this thing, this tangible thing, even if it's a, on a Kindle or, or it's paperback or whatever, but, but it's these, these stories, these ideas, this knowledge, this expertise that we can have forever. And that's, what's really cool about books and about writing, and about being an author. So I'm going to share my work. Number eight, I'm going to keep track. This is something I've, I've interviewed a lot of people. Something I've done over the years that's been really helpful is is to begin to keep track of my deadlines, my word counts, what I'm actually publishing, what I'm actually working on. Now, now this may seem like a simple thing, and, and some of you are really great at this, much better than I am. But this actually is what helped me go from writing a little bit to becoming a consistent, prolific writer is actually keeping track of word counts and deadlines. Because I give myself a deadline, doesn't matter what it is, blog posts, longer books. Some of those are self-imposed. Some of those are imposed by if I'm writing for a publication or someone else, they need it by a certain time. Of course, you need to get it done by a certain time. But if I'm self-publishing it or indie publishing it, whatever, I still set a deadline because it keeps me in the writer practice. It keeps me focused on finishing and publishing, not just starting, but finishing and publishing. But I also keep track of word counts. It's not always perfect. It's not always exact. I don't have Excel spreadsheets. Sometimes I just handwrite it in my journal or I write it in my Scribner file or whatever it is. But, but when I go back, I can kind of see like, how am I doing? How many words am I writing a day? How many words do I need to finish the project? Am I writing at all? It's just a little built in accountability. And and again, for you, it could be a hundred words. It could be 500 words. It could be 5,000 words. That doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if you do it every day. Honestly, I don't care. And, and I think there's a lot of advice out there that says you have to write every day. And, and for some, I know you have to because you have to pay your bills and there's no other options. I get that. But for a lot of us, you don't have to write every day necessarily. And I know a lot of people, they, they write every few days, but they write a lot in those days. I find myself moving that way because I write in the cracks of my life. I have a lot of things going on. And, and so... I'm finding my writing time is is more in batches but but larger batches, and I probably write just as much as anyone else, but it's they're just spread out in different ways but but I keep track of that, and I also keep track of my publishing schedule i I have schedules hey, I want to get this book out by this date I want to finish this thing by this date and and, and I keep track of all those things because it keeps me going it keeps me moving ahead it keeps me p- getting my work out in to the world. Hey, I want to release this book by December and this one by March and this one by, you know, spring or the summer. And and I look at the rhythms of my life and I say, okay, realistically, I can do two in this season. Realistically, I can do one. I I need to finish this one. I got some on the hopper, whatever it is. You got to keep track. It's really helpful. That's how you become a prolific writer. Because the other thing is you might think you're writing a lot, but then when you actually keep track, sometimes you realize you're not writing very much at all. And it's gonna be a long time before you finish anything. Or the the other side is you can realize you're writing a ton, but but for the most part, people that don't keep track usually aren't writing that much and they're writing a lot less than they think. They talk a lot about writing, they they read a lot about writing, but they don't actually do much writing. So keep track. And number nine, I'm going to take breaks. I'm gonna recharge creatively, I'm gonna relax. And this is advice that I don't hear enough of. I just hear grind, 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 burn, burn, burn. And there may be seasons where you can't take breaks, but let me tell you this, your body's made in a certain way that there's a point of no return in our creativity. And sometimes that's daily. It's, you can't write 20,000 words because your body and your mind just aren't able, they just don't work, they just don't function. Your back, your hands aren't able to do it physically. So you need to take breaks. I just took a a vacation almost a week and it was fantastic. I didn't write one single word. And you know what? I got back, wrote an article, no big deal. Nothing changed. There's a lot of advice. about if you stop, you're, you know, you're going to lose it and all that kind of stuff. You won't lose it. Sometimes you need that recharge. I knew I needed that, that recharge. Maybe a few days, maybe a couple weeks, especially after you finish a project, taking a few weeks off, taking a few days off, I think is great advice because there's a point of no return. And so when you're recharging yourself, you're actually probably going to be more productive in the end, not less because you're running on all cylinders rather than running on nothing. Now that doesn't mean you can't write when you're sick or you can't write when you're ailing. A lot of people have, I've done it. It's, it's. You can write in any time, in any season, busy seasons, non busy seasons, whatever. But you need to relax. You need to take breaks. Because the other thing is, which leads to number 10, is you're not just a writer. You need to live. You need to experience life. You need to invest in relationships. You need to enjoy the good things of the world, the good things that, that for me, I believe that God gives us good gifts to enjoy the best writers are the ones that live their life. They have experience but they're not just writer. Like that's not your identity. You're not just a writer. Now it must sound like I'm contradicting myself that I'm a writer. Well, it's, it's one of the things you do. It's one of your roles, but it's not a forever thing. I mean, we'll go away. We'll die one day. And it's one of the things we'll, we love to do. It's one of the things we cherish to do, but but you, know, you need to live your life. That's where your best stories come from. That's where your best ideas come from living your life, having experiences. I, I think there, there's something I remember Lee child years ago, uh, the novelist, he, he started writing his novels when he was about 40 after he got fired from his job. And, and he was in an interview and he was talking and, and he said, one of the best things that happened to me was starting my writing career a little bit later at the age of 40, because I had lived life. I'd fallen on my face I'd gotten married. I had kids. I, you know, he, he went through all these things. There's something to that, to have these experiences and have life and, and, and to be able to bring that into our writing that we're not just writing from a a place we don't know or a place we don't understand, but, but to live your life and to say, it's not also, it's not everything. Like if you miss a day, it's okay. You miss a week, you miss a month. It's fine. You know, the world's going to keep on going and you're going to be fine, but, but, but live your life so that you can bring that back into you're writing. So you can stir up new ideas when you're, you're out in the world. I just got a new idea. I won't, I won't share exactly what it was, but I, of all places I was at an air show with my family and, and got this idea about a leadership book that I wanted to write just based on a story that I heard. So, so ideas are everywhere, but that was just from living life. That wasn't a plan that I had. So live your life. What are the 10 things, the 10 confessions, the 10 mantras, the the 10 mindsets? I, I don't even know the words to use to, to become a prolific writer. What, what's the prolific writer manifesto? One, I'm, I'm going to talk and act like a writer. Two, I'm going to schedule my writing. Three, I'm going to find a tribe. Four, I'm, I'm going to fight perfection and resistance. Five, I'm going to finish what I started. Six, I'm going to keep on learning. Seven, I'm going to share my work publish my work, eight, I'm going to keep track, nine, I'm going to take breaks, and ten, I'm going to live, I'm going to live my life, I'm going to enjoy my life, and know that everything's not just about writing. It's been such a privilege, I was just thinking about all the people I've interviewed, literally around the world, hearing their stories, hearing their backgrounds, hearing their journeys, hearing where they've been. And when I think about this manifesto, I hear a little bit of, of each of these people in, in this manifesto of what it takes to become a prolific writer. And, and being a prolific writer isn't just some crazy thing, but it, but it's really about saying, I want to consistently tell stories. I want to consist- consistently write books, and I want to consistently share it with the world. And, and that's going to look different from every for everybody. We've had people on this show that have done 100 books that's crazy. 200 books, 300 books. Most of us aren't going to hit that, but for some of us consistency is I'm going to write two good books a year. I'm going to write four books, five, six, maybe eight books a year. I'm going to write four books and three short stories. I'm going to write a nonfiction and a fiction book a year. But I'm going to consistently write every day or every week I'm going to consistently write on my blog. I'm going to consistently write articles, continually getting better, continually practicing, continually learning, continually sharing my work. The future of the writer is becoming a prolific writer. And you know what? It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Make sure you have fun. When I interviewed Dean Wesley Smith, that's the one thing he says is just, just make sure you have fun. We're not digging ditches people. We're not saving the world. We we'll Might be helping some people and helping people do tremendous things and remarkable things and inspiring people, encouraging people with our books, with our articles, whatever it may be, but, but make sure to have fun because it's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. And we're very privileged to be able to do what we do. So hope you're encouraged by these 10 things. The Prolific Writer Manifesto. I'm so excited about the website. So the theprolificwriter.net, if you didn't know, that's our website. i excited about the content that's going to be on there. And hopefully that'll be up soon. I'll let you know when that's up. And one of the things I didn't even have on there, which is just lame, and I've been doing this show for... Pushing almost a year is an email sign up, and still working on that, which is, is silly. So if you want updates and you want other content, that'll be all up there. And, and I'll let you know when that's up there, <laughs> go and uh, leave a review that would really help us out. Uh, if you listen on Amazon or excuse me, Amazon, uh, iTunes or Stitcher, and I also want to apologize for our Stitcher fans, If you are a Stitcher and Android user, for some reason, the feed got messed up and it stopped showing uh, the last like five shows or so, but that's all fixed. So go look up the prolific writer um, on Stitcher and you'll find the show with all the updated content. We're on SoundCloud. We're, We're all over the place. Google Play. You can find us. So, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. It's such an encouragement. Uh, to see all the downloads, all the different countries, all the different people, all the comments. Go check out the Facebook pay- page, Facebook, Writer Prolific, Twitter, Writer Prolific. Um, I think I'm working on an Instagram page or something. I'm supposed to do that, I guess. That's what the cool kids do. Um, so check that out. We've got some great interviews coming up, We've got some great content coming out that I'm so excited to share with you. Not yet, but I will. And I just really thank you for listening. This is Ryan J. Pelton, The Prolific Writer Podcast. Now go and write those words.